Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today's message is titled, Heart, and it is part of the Loving God Sermon Series. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, you can visit our website at bccma.org, or you could always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Sherry McCutcheon. Good morning, BCC. How are you guys? I am not Pastor Phil, but I've lived with him a long time. And he is sick today. So early this morning, we decided that you guys were going to get to hear from Mom McCutcheon. I'm not a preacher, but I'm an okay mom. And I'm going to share with you what I would say to my own kids at the beginning of a new year. And what I would say to my kids with authority. Because it's truth. So I want to talk to you about some no's for 2020 and some yeses for 2020. And I want you to think of this in the context of loving God. If I love God, what do I say yes to? And what do I say no to? Love has some evidences. People that tell you they love you, you kind of notice when it feels like they don't or when their behavior doesn't reflect choosing a relationship over our own desires and selfish things that we are born into. So number one, no. Say no to greed. Greed is such a pervasive culture that you live in. It is, it is presented to you as something that is a value added to you. Get more, get more, get more, get more. The more you get, the more valuable you are. The more you possess, the more you um, can represent yourself to be successful. And success matters. And the Bible's pretty clear that that is not the Spirit of God. And if you love God and you want, you want to be in relationship with God, Jesus says, watch out. Has your mom ever said to you, watch out? Like when you were a kid, watch out. Uh, it's a little late. You've just spilled a cup of coffee or... I remember saying watch out to Jay one time. We were in a hotel room in Delaware, and Jay was pretty excited about the bounciness of the two beds. For some reason, we're in a room. And he was jumping from bed to bed, and I could tell that he had missed his, his mark a little bit and was going to fall just a little short. I said, watch. Uh, it was too late. We went to the ER. Watch out. 
Watch out, the Bible says. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. The Bible's basically saying, start analyzing your success in life a little different. Don't let the world dictate to you what success is. And it's interesting that it talking, it's talking about greed in this. Greed is when you are gathering to gain, not gathering to give. When you gather to gain rather than gather to give, you're being greedy. You know, the little kid that wants to get all of the Easter egg, um, the, the candy-filled Easter eggs, and they're just like throwing them in their basket, but they're never going to consume. It's just going to be rotted somewhere. And so many of us live our lives like that. I want to tell you, you may live in a beautiful home and you may have amassed a beautiful, um, you know, enough money that you can present to the world that you have stuff. If that stuff is not being given to the community and the body of Christ and the people in your world, then it's the silliest thing ever. You know how to know if you've done that? Take a calendar and find out how many times you've had people in your home. What are you doing with your stuff? Mm. Mm. I might be a preacher. <laughs> Number two, say no to bitterness and wrath. The Bible says, let... Let all. When I was a little kid, my mom gave us, like, commands. My job was always to clean the woodwork. I don't know why. And we did not have magic erasers. So when we had to clean the woodwork, it was brutal. And for some reason in our home, we had to clean the woodwork on Saturdays. It was like those made-up jobs when you have seven kids. you got to think of all the things you can do. Well, that's what my mom would do. And I got to clean the woodwork, which I detested, because our family apparently had very grimy fingers. But my mom never said, it would be a good idea if you felt that you wanted to serve our family by cleaning the woodwork, then we would be so honored if you would just invest your time in cleaning the woodwork. No, she said, let the cleaning begin. And the word let meant do it. And the Bible says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. If you love God, 
You have to forgive people. You cannot be bitter. You know that feeling you have when you see certain people and it's just like that. That's bitterness. And you don't want to, you just don't want to have to like, you hope they don't go to prayer that night. Or you hope they're not the people in your small group. Or you hope. And you know what? The Bible actually doesn't give room for you to have a good reason to be bitter. It doesn't say, put away all the bitterness you have, except where you have a good reason. It just actually says, put it away. And in fact, it also tells you to put away your wrath. Which means you can't stay mad. And clamor. Do you know what clamor is? That's when you're like... Oh, you guys, they're just the hardest people for me to deal with. Could we all just pray together because of my hatred for this person, which now you should also join in and hate them? That's clamor. That's when you're just making a big ruckus about something you've got bitterness about. Actually, God's like, "Uh uh-uh, don't do it. Put it away. Say no to selfishness. Philippians 2, 4. I I want you to really pay attention to this scripture because this scripture will help you to understand what selfishness is. This scripture says, again, the mom word, let. It's not that if you have been feeling super spiritual this month and you actually did your Bible reading that has caused you to also feel super spiritual, then you could do this. No, it actually says if you love God, let each of you. Actually, the word each means each. It means you and you and you and you and you and you and you. It means each of you. Let each of you. Can you say this next word with me? Look. Not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. What are your eyes falling on? Most people are so myopic in their looking. They're only looking at the things that they are either interested in. In fact, I have people come to me all the time. They don't come and say, what are the needs of the church? They say, I have an interest in the following. May I do this? Like, well, you may, but we actually need somebody in the nursery. You can do that, but we don't have anybody shoveling our old people's walks. We spend a lot of time with ourselves. And because we spend a lot of time with ourselves, we know what ourselves like. And the Bible is giving you some direction. Look. Look at others. I love the word interest because it's really, it's really kind of defining a big deal. It doesn't matter what you're interested in. Look at what someone else is interested in. Wow, that's spiritual. 
Say no to wrong thinking. Stinking thinking has been the problem of mankind forever. You know why? Because stinking thinking becomes group mentality. Look at slavery. Look at all the dumb things that cultures have done. You know, just just group mentality where it's like, it seems okay with her, so it's okay with me. I mean, right now we're in the crux of really bad thinking. We think mankind can save itself. We think we're going to evolve into a culture that we can save ourselves. And really the Bible is pretty clear that we have no ability to save ourselves. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Now, I want to talk about why you have bad thinking. Good thinking comes from God's word. Bad thinking comes from your feelings, your intellect, your reasoning. The Bible says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is what? Sure destruction. You're not going to help yourself. Okay? God's word has to become a priority in your life. And if God's word's not a priority in your life, you're not ever going to get out of bad thinking. Bad thinking is ended when you meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful. This takes some effort. To do, it takes some doing, according to all that is written in it. For then, I love this, it's so great, you will become prosperous. You will become successful, it says. Then you will have good success. God's not saying, um, Team Jesus is the only thing that's going to succeed and you're never going to be able to do anything but make Jesus successful? No. The Word of God promises you this. Meditate on the Word because the purpose of the Word is for the success of God's kids. The same reason I want my kids to meditate when I talk to them all the time about what is wisdom and what is good thinking, I want their success. I love them so much. So what are some things we should do? Well, I will tell you this. If we do not say yes to the number one thing that we need to say yes to, then this whole thing is ridiculous. You should stop coming here on Sundays. It's just silly. Because the word is pretty clear that if you love God, you say yes to what is eternal not what is temporal. We live in a culture of the temporal. If you get an iPhone, what is the new one? 11? Is 11 the new one? Guess what? It's going to be old in a year. It is the most temporal success you will ever have. It's probably going to be old in a few. They usually, you get it, and then they put the new one out the next week or something. 
everything you think you are doing to chase success is so filled with folly and nonsense. That's why the eternal matters. And I want to issue a challenge to you guys on week of prayer. Maybe I'm meaner than Pastor Phil, so I'll just say it to you. When this building is empty and it's week of prayer, it's a shameful thing. What it says is that you have not prioritized your life or living to walk in the door one week out of your year to make prayer a priority and to make the eternal the most important thing. This place should be filled tonight. And you know what's going to happen if it's filled? Good things. Because the more you make the eternal matter and priority in your life, let me tell you, this is what the Word says. I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and have had your fill. When what you are doing is chasing God for your fill of food, you're missing out on the big deal. For the temporal, for the moment. Because the Bible says this, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of man will give you. Number two, say yes to the difficult. Jesus got a message. Hey, you got to get here. We've had a death happening. It's in the works. If you get here, you can save my brother. Jesus takes his sweet time. And when he gets there, there's a stone in front of a tomb. Now, Jesus could have said, my magic powers that I possess that can raise someone from the dead can also move away a stone. But you know what he said? Take the stone away to the people. Do something difficult. And guess what Martha's response was? She said, oh, that, it is going to stink. He has been dead for three days. It's going to smell bad. She had a million reasons why doing the difficult wasn't a good plan. But I'm going to tell you something. If you do the difficult, which you can do, rearrange your schedule so that you're giving somebody a ride to church. Rearrange your life so that you're really making a difference in the life of someone who maybe you're it. You do the difficult, and God promises that he will do the impossible. And Lazarus and all those people standing there were witnesses to the eternal power of God because those people did the difficult. Say yes to the difficult. Say yes to becoming the hero. Oh, our world needs heroes. 
and you could be a hero. There's not one person in this room that couldn't be a hero to someone. Most of the time when we're unwilling to be heroes, it's because we're so lazy and we're comfortable and totally immersed in the um, mediocrity of me. And if you want to write something down, write that down. Because the mediocrity of me should be a book someone writes. Being a hero means I am clear that using my eyes to look to the interest of others means I unleash the power of God in their life. And I care about that. There was a little boy, he had loaves and he had fishes and there was a crowd and they needed to be fed. Now, number one, your father doesn't ask you to give up what he's not going to multiply. And that little boy had the ability to see beyond his meager gift. I think he was actually paid for it, too, which God has never asked me to do something he doesn't repay me. I'm telling you that my whole life has been God blessing me because I've been willing to be obedient to him. That little boy, in the, in the scripture, it says that Jesus said, go find someone we can purchase from. And they said, oh, he got this little kid. He's got this food. And then... Jesus did this miraculous thing of feeding 5,000. Be a hero. Say yes. Say yes to doing the right thing. James 4.17 says, Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. When you care about loving God, you care about pleasing him, which means that you're willing to find out what doesn't please him. And then I want to spend the most time on the next one because this really matters. Say yes to doing your life with others who are wise. Anybody who's been involved in <clears throat> anything I've ever done, you know I always say, is it wisdom? In fact, Jason always makes fun of me. He always says, oh, is that wisdom? And all the kids who are in youth staff, they would always say, is this wisdom? Wisdom is established by the evidence by the visual, by being able to see that it works. And most of us seek the counsel of people that will tell us what we want to hear, and we prepare ourselves 
to be encouraged in our own wrong thinking rather than to be challenged by truth, rather than to be challenged by a new way to look at something. And we very rarely examine the fruit of those we take counsel for from. But I'm here to tell you that God's word tells you this very specific thing about wisdom. It says this, he who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. I know a lot of people, and I have watched them, listen to fools because they are most comfortable with fools. And they are most uncomfortable with wise people. And guess what? They have the fruit of it in their life. Now, if you think that I could share a message of four no's and five yeses, you're wrong because I have to have a fifth no. But this is just such, it's like a big hug from a good father. The word of God tells us that we're to say no to weariness. In fact, it says, let, I love the let word, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Some takeaways I want you to have when you walk out the door. First thing that's really important is that you've got to decide that eternity matters more than your temporal world because that is going to define whether or not loving God is priority in your life. You realize that this little world you live in is going to pass away and that what is eternal is going to last forever. So your day-to-day -day choices need to be eternal choices. The second thing is that you are in a position to be a hero in someone's life. And you do not need a beautiful home to do that. My whole life, my mom and dad had a variety of houses. Sometimes we had big houses, sometimes we had little houses. But I'll tell you what we always had. Company. You know why? Because people mattered the most. My mom and dad's ego about their house didn't matter the most. Sometimes we had hot dogs. Sometimes it was snickerdoodles. It never mattered to my parents. They examined what can we bring to our community that says, you're valuable. And so our home always had people. And so I'm looking for some hospitality heroes. In fact, I have a sign-up sheet. 
Because one thing in 2020 is going to happen in this church is we're going to go in each other's homes. And we're going to become one with one another. Because guess why? The Bible directs us to do that. It actually tells us that we're to be given to hospitality. It actually tells us that we're to go from house to house. Did you know that? We're looking for lots of ways to do the kingdom of God that serves our temporal desires instead of just using some simple plan. So there's a sign-up sheet if you want to be a hospitality hero. But there's so many other heroes that could happen in this room. Many of you guys know um, Deborah Neer, and she doesn't know I'm going to share this story, but I know she won't care. This Deb is um, someone that God brought to us, and she got involved in our Second Chance program and is going to graduate in May. Um, she's going to uh, be able to go and support her family and take care of her family, and it's because you guys have partnered with her and have been willing to pay the price. But Deb, a year into this program, had a tragic thing happen. Her husband, who she was not living with, um, had a, an overdose, and her children um, were left without their dad, and their whole lives were turned upside down. And this year, Deb was talking to Oliver about what he wanted for Christmas. And you know what Oliver told her? He said, I want a human dad. Not just a heavenly father, but a human dad. In this room, there are heroes. You've been created to solve some of those problems. In this room, there are buddies that can mean one more family with a special need kid might be able to enroll in the happy place. But it's not going to happen if you say yes to selfishness and yes to the temporal because the temporal is greedy. It wants all of you. And you are going to have to die to yourself if you're going to do the yeses on this list. Now, I told you guys I'm not a preacher, but here's what I am. I am not afraid to ask you to step it up. I'm not afraid to say, what do you want for 2020? How are you going to be the difference maker? And guess what? It's for your prosperity and your success. And God is not ashamed to say, if you love me, put my purposes and my practices and my principles above those of the world you live in. And that's the word of the Lord.
This morning, we're opening communion. And I want to give you a chance to repent of selfishness. I want to, I want to ask you to examine yourself. Because Mother Teresa always says, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. If we want to change our community, we have to love each other, the people in this building. We have to serve one another. So I'm going to give you a chance to repent of selfishness. And then on your way out, I'm going to give you a chance to sign up to be a hospitality hero or any other kind of hero you think God could use you being. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I pray for the people of Bethany that they will be challenged to say yes to the right things and no to the things that will crowd out who they were intended to be. I pray this morning as we take a moment to acknowledge between our heart and your heart that we've got some work to do, that you would give us clear purpose direction to please and obey you. And I pray that this place will be filled tonight with BCC people seeking the eternal rather than the temporal. In Jesus' name, I'm going to invite you to come. And when you're done, you are dismissed. We love you guys. If you're new here, please head to our Welcome Center. We want to meet you.